right, four days and everything is on the line. The biggest tipping point election in our lifetime. You are the ultimate jury and we are getting better news by the day. It is obvious Democrats, the media, the mob, uh, Democratic activists are all in a bit of a state of uh, panic. And I'll explain why in just a second. First, I want, I want to give a shout out thoughts and prayers uh, I, I was not listening at the time. Apparently, Rush left uh, the show a little early today. All of us. Now, he's been very straightforward and incredibly strong and stoic that, we, you, know, you know, and if you know anybody that's gone through any type of treatment, it just, it, you know, to save you, they half kill you and they wipe you out. I mean, I've watched this many times in my life. I remember when my, my mom had you know, late stage breast cancer and chemotherapy and radiation and she lost her hair and you just, you know, after treatments you get wiped out and then you, you rebuild your strength again and, and it's all part of a hard, hard process. Uh, thank God we've made so much progress um, in terms of treatments uh, for varying diseases and cancer. As a matter of fact, Russia's raised, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars for cancer research and Hodgkin's and leukemia, uh, leukemia etc so uh, our thoughts and prayers are with him today is uh, you know he's been battling and fighting and doing his show you know as regularly as possible um, incredible incredible heroism and he just loves this country always has has led this conservative movement all these years and we're all praying for a rush today um, and that he's uh, getting well soon and recovering um, now, the president just announced, I just tweeted out, 14 rallies in the final three days before the election. Tomorrow, the president's doing four rallies in Pennsylvania. You know why? Because Pennsylvania is critical. I cannot state how critical Pennsylvania is. And you want, want to know why it's critical? Because that is the, and it should be, anybody that doesn't, that wants to believe Joe Biden's lie, he says over and over again, going to end fracking, eliminate fossil fuels, end fracking, eliminate fossil fuels. Then he gets the nomination. Oh, no, 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 I didn't mean a word I said. Kamala Harris, eliminate fracking and fossil fuels. Co-sponsor of the Green New Deal in the Senate. Will people please believe these politicians when they say that they're going to do something? And I'll be frank and blunt and honest as I always try to be with you. We all know. I mean, I was watching Joe Biden on the stump today. I mean, this is not this guy is not up to this job. He's not up to campaigning either. I mean, you know, the few days that he's now had to leave his basement bunker he looks exhausted. He looks like, you know, so he needs to go and sit in the bus or the car, wherever he is, you know, and somebody give him some oatmeal and applesauce. Unbelievable. And all the doom and the gloom and the dark winter talk. I mean, I listen to this guy talk about COVID and I'm like, okay, you've been hiding in your basement bunker. You know, it's, it's Mr. Shutdown Joe Biden. While, you know, manufacturers of medical equipment are working around the clock to to help save lives, while our pharmaceutical companies, our medical researchers, our medical scientists, our doctors, nobody got it perfectly in the beginning. We all understand everybody's trying their best. We were able to pull it together, get all the PPE together, get all the ventilators made, then Operation Warp Speed. I mean, we're now we're we're literally on the 
on the three-yard line in terms of a vaccine, according to numerous vaccine final stage human trials that are going on. And just like stage two trials, because we've been making calls and and what, what we're learning from these companies is they're getting the same results for the most part that they got in stage two human trials, which is they are creating, they figured out how to create antibodies. Nobody that takes the vaccine is dying or else the trials would have stopped. There are no major side effects because if, if there's something major, there were two minor stoppages to see if it was uh, vaccine related. It was not. And they're back on and they're on track. And it's like, you know, we're right there. Therapeutics, even the New York Times, I read the piece from them yesterday saying even the most seriously ill are now surviving because we've learned through therapeutics and different methods how to deal with the, the virus better. And you listen to Dr. Death and Dr. Doom and Dr. Gloom and, you know, and everything he's going to do. I mean, OK, there's not one thing you're saying that hasn't already been done months ago while you were hiding in your basement taking a nap. So frustrating. Anyway, back to the president. 14 rallies in the final three days of the election. Four in uh, Pennsylvania tomorrow. Sunday, he's going to be in Michigan, Iowa, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Monday, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and back to Minnesota, where earlier today, desperate Democrats restricted the size of the president's rally there. They, they took a drastic step interfering in the election, placing severe restrictions on the size of the, the planned rally by the president. Uh, one of the reasons is uh, Robert Cahalli, who's going to join us with John McLaughlin, our pollsters, you know, he now has it within the margin of error in Minnesota. He has the president up three in Michigan. He has the president up uh, well, I think he's actually dead even in, in Wisconsin now or up by like a half a point. He has the president up in Pennsylvania and Florida. And now Democrats are in a full-fledged panic over all of this. Anyway, Michigan officials, they said, well, the rally has to be downsized to 250 people, according to the Democratic governor and this, you know, radical attorney general. How did Keith Ellison ever become the attorney general of Minnesota? Good grief. And they had over 25,000, 30,000 people that wanted to attend this rally and initially planned at Rochester Airport. Then Ellison's office demanded a COVID preparedness plan from officials in the city of Rochester, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? People are deciding themselves. I'll tell you one thing that's now coming out loud and clear. You know, nobody wants to live in a country of doom and gloom. I said from the very beginning, as it relates to coronavirus, I said, I have faith and hope and trust in our medical researchers and scientists and doctors in the medical community. Wow. Within a year of vaccine? I mean, think of how amazing these people are. They're just amazing. Um, anyway, well, Robert Cahalli called uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania for the president in 2016. Uh, you know, you if you read... The, every pollster that got it wrong in 2016 is now pretty much saying the same thing is going to happen in 2020. One thing I've noticed is I've not noticed that much of a change in their methodology of polling. Not, not discernible to me. Now, one of the things that Robert Cahaley does, which I find pretty fascinating, is he tries to, well, number one, he doesn't have these 45-minute phone interviews, which nobody's ever going to stay on the phone and be polled for 45 minutes. He's polling likely voters, new people every time. But he's also has roundabout ways of asking questions to find out how people really feel 
And he factors in that there's this hidden Trump vote, which I believe there is people that won't tell pollsters how they're going to vote. Remember, the Cato Institute estimated that could be as high as 60, whatever percent. Um, So he's one. Uh, Paul Sperry put out a piece uh, about the the techno uh, metrica Institute and politics and, and policies and their president. It's a New Jersey based polling firm that partners with uh, Investors Business Daily. They were one of the polls to predict President Trump's victory in 2016. Anyway, the the president of this uh, polling company is his name is Meyer is now saying that local swing state polls showing Biden stomping Trump in Michigan and Wisconsin are less sophisticated than national polls and are wildly, quote, unreliable. They had Trump down by similarly wide margins at this point in 2016, and they turned out to be way off base on Election Day. And he says Trump is gaining momentum every day, thanks in large part to his nonstop rallies and is now within striking distance, he says, of Biden. He doesn't expect him to win the popular vote, but he did say he can win the electoral vote by winning key battleground states. All the states we talk about, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, maybe Minnesota. Iowa is certainly important. Uh, Then we've got Arizona, very, very important. Maybe Nevada will be in play. It's a two-point race, according to Robert Cahaley out in Nevada. And he said that Trump has broken the 45% ceiling in vote pre- preference, which reflects growing job approval and momentum. And we're seeing that with a lot of a lot of people. But listen, I'm, I, I stand by my belief that I don't trust any of these people. And it doesn't matter what their polls say. What matters is who goes out and vote. It matters if you understand what is truly at stake for this country. The stated policies of Schumer, Pelosi, Biden... Uh, Bolshevik, Bernie, AOC, uh, Kamala Harris, and Bozo O'Rourke should frighten everybody because it's everything that we believe in. We're going to eliminate the lifeblood of the world's economy and destroy, what, how many millions of high-paying career jobs in the energy sector and eliminate fracking and eliminate fossil fuels? And we're going to promise every American that everything's going to be free? Really? Free everything? Uh, How did it work out with your free public education? It's a disaster, especially in blue cities with and with uh, Democratic governors and and mayors that have been running these places for decades, which is why they're losing population in all these states. I mean, what guaranteed pre-K through college loan forgiveness, student loan forgiveness, guaranteed jobs, government jobs, government wages, government vacation, government healthy food, government health care, government retirement, government, government, government. Okay, well, how do you get there? You tax people into oblivion and then you get rid of the lifeblood of the economy and you promise you're going to spend trillions of dollars on this new green deal. We did that, too, with Solyndra. We did that, too, with the first stimulus. Ended up with the worst recovery in the in 40 years because of that stupidity. Now they're going to quadruple down on dumb. Uh, by the way, consumer spending ro- rose more than expected. We broke the 33.1% GDP growth, a, a record by nearly two times. Consumer spending, which is two-thirds of the U.S. economic activity, that increased a lot in the uh, month of September as well. Um, so we have a lot of good news on the economic front, uh, as it relates to what's going on with the campaign, Democrats are hitting the panic button. Apparently early, this is the Politico today, early turnout 
in Florida's heavily Democratic Miami-Dade County has plummeted way below what it was in 2016. The Biden campaign has now broken out into a cold sweat. Politico points out that Democrats are sounding the alarm about weak voter turnout rates in Florida's biggest county, Miami-Dade, where a strong Republican showing is endangering Joe Biden's chances in the nation's biggest swing state. By the way, there was the Siena New York Times poll showed in Philly, you know, er, uh, that's Philadelphia, 24% of the vote going to Donald Trump. That would be record setting and that's game changing. Democrats, uh, they go on in this article, are turning out at lower rates than Republicans and at lower rates that at this point in 2016, when Clinton won by 29 points in Miami-Dade. One particular point of concern is uh, among that Biden's campaign's decisions to discourage field staff from knocking on doors, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, that's that's now apparently coming back to bite them. Mr. Shutdown, Mr. Hide in the Basement, uh, Mr. Doom and Gloom, Mr. Dark Winter, you know, the ever weak, frail and forgetful Joe Biden. Anyway, so they're sounding the alarm there. And Trump has broadened his coalition. Uh, Little Wayne now joining 50 Cent and uh, other uh, rappers now. They're all coming out in favor of Donald Trump because Donald Trump actually told them in that last debate all that he has done for the African-American community. And all that I see that Biden did was partner with a former Klansman who filibustered the Civil Rights Act, was against the Voting Rights Act to stop school busing uh, and integration of schools because he didn't want his kids going to schools that were racial jungles. That's now gotten out there. And his comments about predators and the eight years as VP didn't do criminal justice reform. Uh, All right. Four days. You are the ultimate jury. Take this seriously is my advice. The answer is ignore everything and vote. Don't think about polls. Don't think about turnout. I don't care. Allow the time that might be needed to wait and vote. It is worth it. Everything is on the line. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? Even Michael Moore is warning Democrats, hello, Donald Trump can win. And he said that the last time. You know, the Dow has been down all week. You want to know why I think it was down? And I'm not the biggest Wall Street. I don't use that as my my big barometer or indicator. I'll take the 33.1% growth in GDP uh, the largest by double ever in the history of mankind as the beginning of the great V-shaped recovery. Uh, and uh, Biden tries to downplay it. The mob and the media just ignores it. So pathetic. Um, anyway, so Biden was uh, he's having a rough time still. You know, the few little stops that he's doing with 15 people. And he was asked what his favorite song of Aretha Franklin is. And it's Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. You know, that's how the song goes. Anyway, so he actually tried to spell it. Remember the big brouhaha Dan Quayle didn't spell potato the right way. Listen to Joe try and uh, spell out respect. What's your go-to song on your music playlist? Yeah, for real, Mr. Biden. Like, what is the song I would have to play to get you hyped up? Yeah. Well, there's two up. One uh, is from the old days, and, uh, you know, Aretha Franklin's Respect. Okay. If anything, we needed some respect. R-E-S-P-C-T. It's what lacking with this president. Uh, R-E-S-P-C-T. Now, that would be R-E-S-P-E-C-T, E-C-T. But, you know, what do I know? Three-letter word. Jobs. J-O-B-S. Jobs. 
All right. Now, if you can tell me what he said here, Biden says, I lead, I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize. Maybe somebody in our audience can tell me what he's saying here, because I can't figure I'll lead it out. an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Huh? Wait, all right, play that again. It must be me. Hang on. Play I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Huh? Can any of you, can, can any of you, why are you laughing so hard, Linda? That's how he talks. I mean, listen, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what the better question is. You know, what's your favorite ice cream? What's your favorite song? I, 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 uh, don't, I don't know what it is. It's amazing. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. I mean, he was by the way, he's the getting such enunciation. He, he's he getting such day. hard questions about his favorite ice cream flavor. What kind of mm-hmm. what kind of milkshake did you get? What what are your favorite songs? You know, when you really need to get up. I'm like, first of all, the guy's not capable of showing any energy. He doesn't have any. He looks exhausted when he's given a, a 10 minute speech before, you know, 12 pumpkins and seven people that show up. <laughs> I mean, it's. You know, people, there's an article today. What's going to happen to Fox News if Joe Biden wins? Oh, what's going to my life? gets a lot easier. It's more fun being on offense. But the problem is I love my country more. And his policies would be a disaster, an unmitigated Mm -hmm. disaster. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we recover from this power grab that they're they're planning. And I don't think we recover from the socialist policies they'd implement. Uh, I just mentioned earlier how in Minnesota they have, well, they're going to have 25, 30,000 people show up for the president. Uh, we now have the Trafalgar, uh, Trafalgar group and Robert Cahaley is going to join us at the top of the hour saying that Minnesota is now within the margin of error. Uh, our friend Mike Lindell, his company, MyPillow.com, which we love, of course, is the CEO, remember, he also during the height of the coronavirus, he, he, he took a big part of his manufacturing plan to start making N95 masks. And by the way, he's giving away one and a half million of them to people uh, in Minnesota today. Uh, very generous in so many different ways, philanthropic. Uh, now, are you going to the rally? I think you're speaking today, aren't you? Yeah, I'm at the rally, Sean. I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at at least 10,000 people that they're not going to get in because, once again, our governor of Minnesota and our Keith Ellison, our attorney attorney general, actually went after the campaign and made it their takeaway, our constitutional rights of free speech, 250 people, at, that is all they're going to let in. It's been a two-day battle, and now they don't even want us to use the jumbotron. But they, I said, I just was on the news here, and I said, you know what? I said, Biden's coming to Minnesota, too, because obviously they're very concerned because we are going to win Minnesota. Biden's coming here. They go, if you got, if this was Biden, but he couldn't draw more than 10 people, you guys, they wouldn't be, they would be crickets. They wouldn't let it. They wouldn't have all this pressure. Well, this well, why would they say you can't run the jumbotron, which they've been running, showing Biden's lying through his teeth about cutting and gutting Social Security, Medicare and ending fossil fuels and eliminating fracking? Why would why, why would they not allow that? Are they afraid that the jumbotron's going to, uh, you know, somehow uh, somebody will contract coronavirus from the jumbotron? <laughs> 
It's just all politics. It's crazy. I've never, it all starts here in Minnesota. Our, our, our mayor and governor made the worst of political decisions in history with this coronavirus, manifested into wearing masks and I, I mean, uh, riots and everything. They asked me earlier on TV, they said, I said, yeah, I said, when they had the riots and stuff, they didn't care if people wore masks. Unless, but the only ones that were wearing masks were the ones that were looting and pillaging. And I said, our governor... You know, it's all political, Sean. And I'll tell you, I'm going to throw in one here. Just yesterday, old Suckabuck from Facebook shut off my my pillow ads until after the election because he said they're political. These are ads about pillows and stuff. It's just yeah, oh how far will the left go? I By the way, when you go to mypillow.com, don't forget the Sean Hannity Square. You get deep discounts on all these great products, uh, and they do work. And I'll tell you, I've been sleeping better because I'm crashing every night. I, it, uh, I'm, like, so exhausted. You know, the, it was, I don't know, I told the story a little, uh, maybe a few weeks ago. I literally, I made a, a, a cocktail after TV, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, you know, just sipping on a cocktail, trying to, you know, wind down after a crazy day, as every day's crazy. And I work 16, 18 hours a day like you do. And anyway, literally, yeah. I fall asleep with the drink in my hands. And then all of a sudden, like an hour later, ice is all over. Ah, ah, ah. You want to wake up? Even my pillow couldn't keep me asleep, uh, Mike. I had to wake up and clean up the mess I made. Unbelievable. Uh, Well, listen, uh, tell the president and all the people of Minnesota, we love them. We say hi. And, boy, if we pull Minnesota out, that'd be a message to the world. It really would. Yep. It's going to shock the world. The president said to me the other day, he said, Mike, we win Minnesota and it's over. 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 Minnesota. Well, I hope people pay attention to, you know, they're trying to stifle free speech and freedoms. You know, you have you have uh, candidate doom, gloom and dark winter Biden. Somebody needs to tell him in between spoonfuls of oatmeal and an applesauce. Uh, that, hey, we actually have a vaccine that's going to be announced any day now. We have therapeutics that the New York Times even acknowledges work. Um, anyway, Mike Lindell, have fun, my friend. We love you. Hey, Sean, I want to say one more thing I just said yeah. on the news. We have a governor right next to us in South Dakota, and I just said on the news here, she's made great decisions by, by also – honoring our constitutional rights. And and right now, what did that manifest to with the policies she put in place? The number one economy in the United States, 150% up on tourism. And, you know, then you got Minnesota right next door. What he's done kept us all indoors and made these terrible decisions. And, and then you got shut down Whitmer nearby, too. No, Christy Noem's oh, doing yeah, a great she, job. She's Agreed. Right. Yeah, she's right across the right across Wisconsin. We have three bad governors: Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. They're all right in a row. We gotta we gotta turn it all red and change this country. All right, Mike Lindell, thank you for everything. MyPillow.com, Sean Hannity Square. Don't forget. Hey, uh, oh, Chucky Schumer and the Democrats. There's such they, they, they always they'll do anything to get power. Now they're bankrolling ads of a third party candidate against Lindsey Graham. The guy's name is Bill Bledsoe. Third-party candidate, hotly contested race, more than more money has been spent on the Democrat than ever in the history of any Senate race. Harrison's campaign and several Democratic outside groups opposing Graham. Now what they're doing is they're trying to elevate Bledsoe to bleed votes away from Lindy, Lindsey Graham. I mean, it's unbelievable. This is this is how they they'll do anything for power. But notice more and more. African-Americans are looking at the Democratic Party for what they were. They've done nothing. 
for law and order, safety, security, 4,000 homicides in Chicago when Biden's vice president, Obama's president, 20,000 shoot. They don't lift a finger. All the violence this summer, they don't lift a finger. They don't even criticize it. It's unbelievable. Um, and more and more people are going into Donald Trump's corner because people realize now what is at stake here. And we got to watch out for voter fraud. Um, we've been telling you about all these different pollsters that are predicted. Now we'll, we'll go over the polls at the top of the hour. But uh, now we have Tom Tillis who's going to check in in the next hour. He's up by two, thankfully, in, in North Carolina. North Carolina is a little closer than I'd like with the president winning in the latest uh, Tafalgar poll there. Um, same with Georgia, Iowa, all these all these states. It's very important. Must win states for the president. Must win. And uh, anyway, I hope you're paying close attention. You know the states that matter. And you know what's you know what's at stake this election. It's pretty much everything. Everything you can think of. And it seems that the president now is surging at just the right time. President's support among minorities. Why? Because he set record low unemployment for minorities. He did opportunity zones. He talked to Lil Wayne about the the platinum plan. He what he says he does. Why didn't Barack and Joe ever do opportunity zones, criminal justice reform? Why didn't they do the platinum plan? Why didn't they commit as much money for as many years to historically black colleges? Why didn't they shatter one minority demographic low unemployment number ever? They never did a thing in eight years. And then they promise you everything for free and you trust them. And they've done a good job with safety, security. No, have they done a good job with education? No, did they keep their promises on Obamacare? No, they didn't do that either. I love how Nate Silver, the ever-beloved 538, now covering his ass. Electoral college for Biden is not safe unless he wins the popular vote by five-plus points. This is a guy that's been saying for weeks now that 90% chance, 89% chance that uh, Biden wins. Yeah? Okay. Well, we'll see. You know, the only people that can stop it. And this this is what would be amazing about Donald Trump pulling this out. The most amazing part of this is you've got every major institution against the president from the deep state Democratic Party, every single Democrat hating every single thing Donald Trump does and says for every second of every day. The media mob, the same thing. Big tech companies now censoring news for people. I mean, and if and if Donald Trump wins in spite of those forces, it means we the people are in charge. That's what it means. You know, the fact that they won't, they know, you have money coming from Russian oligarchs, Kazakh oligarchs, Ukrainian oligarchs, Burisma, no experience, a billion five deal, Bank of China, shopping spree for his family, Chinese national. Oh, but nothing, there's nothing unethical here. Matter of fact, Hunter is the smartest person I've ever met, Joe said the other day. I'm like, really? Okay, I might take a little issue with that. Although maybe there is something smart to, you know, making millions of dollars and doing nothing. I mean, I guess there's something maybe maybe I'm missing something there, something smarter that I wouldn't want to be a part of anyway. Really, they won't even ask uh, answer a question about any of this stuff. There's so much at stake. Higher taxes, lower taxes, energy independence or eliminating fossil fuels, fracking, coal and oil. You know, open borders, you know, tearing down the wall, United Sanctuary States of America or border security judges that won't legislate from the bench judges that believe in the constitution or activist jurists on the supreme court that would 
make laws via uh, judicial fiat. All of this is in play. Better trade deals, tougher negotiations with countries versus no negotiation. Capitulation and compromise to China. I mean, Joe Biden is compromised by China. He's compromised by Russia. He's compromised by Ukraine. He's compromised by Kazakhstan. He has no idea what information they have on zero experience, Hunter. What could come out? Well, we don't want to have to release this, uh, Mr. President uh, Biden, uh, because if they, we do, it's going to probably put your son in jail. Well, unbelievable. If it was Donald Trump's family, you know they'd be talking about it every second of the day. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. This may sound like an odd statement, and we're going to get to our pollsters here in a second, but one guy, I've, I've known him over the years, I've debated him over the years, you know, we've had some testy exchanges, nothing personal. Um, we are total polit- political opposites, is Michael Moore, and Michael Moore is, one thing I will say about him is he's not stupid. And he did say back in 2016, yeah, Trump's going to win this thing. You're not paying attention. And here's what he's saying about this race right now and the polls. It's awful news that uh, Biden is ahead by seven points in Michigan. Mm. And I have to fight against this constantly. I need to remind people that the poll back in July said at that point that Biden was ahead in Michigan by 16 points. Right. Trump has cut that in half. Trump has tightened virtually every one of these swing states to the point where, where are they saying this morning? It's uh, five points ahead. Trump Biden's five points ahead in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, he's uh, uh, maybe three points ahead in Florida, uh, two points ahead in Arizona. Listen, don't believe these polls, first of all. And second of all, the Trump vote is always being undercounted. Pollsters, when they actually call a real Trump voter, the Trump voter is very suspicious of the deep state calling them and asking them who they're voting for. And um, and they it's all fake news to them. Remember, so uh, it is not an accurate count. I think the safe thing to do. This is not scientific. I'm just saying from my experience of being a Michigander, whatever they're saying, the Biden lead is cut it in half right now in your head. Cut it in half, and now you're within the four-point margin of error. Mm. That's how close this is. That's how desperately close this is. And when you see the Republican running for Senate in Michigan almost tied with our incumbent Democratic senator, right? what is this telling us? Uh, fascinating statement by him. Now, there is uh, some amazing news as it relates to polls. Now, usually Republicans count more on day of voting, uh, where they usually end up having to do some catch up. That is not unusual, although not in the numbers w- that we've seen this year. You know, it'd be nearly a third more early voting that took place uh, before this election in just four days. Uh, What we are seeing, though, is early voting turnout. Democrats are sounding the alarm in Miami-Dade in terms of voter turnout. Strong Republicans showing endangering any chance of Joe Biden down in the important state of Florida. Uh, And then you look at other states as well, Florida, North Carolina, Nevada, Iowa, 
Republicans now have been significantly narrow, narrowing the Democratic advantage in pre-election voting. Uh, it, the numbers, you know, don't lie. Um, well, if uh, you look at the Trafalgar poll, and that is Robert Cahaley's uh, pollster. He's the guy that nailed it. There were only a few people that got it right in 2016. He was one. Uh, Matt Towery was another. John McLaughlin was another. Um, but not many pollsters got it right. He now has, in the state of Michigan, Trump over Biden 49-46. Uh, he now has Tom Tillis, who has been running behind in North Carolina, 48-46, uh, in that important Senate race uh, that's going on there. Uh, then you look at some of these these other states, and I'm, we're seeing that in Wisconsin, we have only a two-point lead by Biden, actually less than a two-point lead. Um, which is interesting. And Nevada is now narrowed to a two-point race with Biden there. Florida, the president is ahead according to both, um, uh, well, he's ahead according to Insider Advantage, that would be Towery's group, and uh, Trafalgar uh, and Robert Cahaley. Uh, Michigan, as I said, they have the president ahead by three there. Uh, Minnesota is very, very close. Interesting there. Kanye West is getting 3.3% of the vote. Uh, Wisconsin has the president up uh, 47.5 to 47.1. Couldn't get any more tight there. And Pennsylvania, there are now three polls that have the president up a point or two. Too close for comfort, but it is what the it is what it is. John McLaughlin, pollster, Robert Cahaley with the Trafalgar Group. Uh, thank you both for being with us. Robert, let's start with you. You've been doing a lot of recent polling. Tell us where you see the state of the race with four days to go. I think everything is trending toward Trump. Uh, what, what we are seeing is um, even young people, our newest Florida poll showed some significant movement of young people. What they're telling us is that, you know, there's a shutdown candidate and there's a, and there's a fight the virus by keeping things open, candidate, and nobody's interested in more shutdowns, whether it's uh, hourly workers or business owners or students or, or, or moms with kids at home. Every, everybody's ready to get back get back going, and uh, Biden has positioned himself as the shutdown candidate, and it is really starting to uh, take hold of people, and it's moving people. And what are your thoughts, John McLaughlin? You're, you're looking at these states as well. It's for me, it's deja vu all over again. Remember four years ago, I was saying we were going to win and it was going to be a close race, and we had a record 139 million people come out. We won by 78,000 votes across three states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, and we, and we won 306 electoral votes. Four years ago, at this point in time, the battleground states, there was 171 toss-up states in the real clear politics average. Today, there's 197 toss-up electoral votes in the battleground states. And when you look at Roberts polls, which, which has the president surging ahead in, in states where we were trailing a matter of weeks ago, we have the momentum. And when you're looking at the actual votes, because so many votes have been cast early, you look at a state like Florida, where the Republicans basically have, you can tell by party registration, they have it, where the Republicans uh, have pulled ahead of the Democrats today in early, uh, you know, an early voter, they're pulling ahead. So uh, they may, we may only be down 100,000 votes, and most of our vote is waiting to vote this weekend and vote on Tuesday. So the Trump vote is coming, and that's why all these polls are closing. So the real clear politics average has closed to a virtual tie in Florida, Pennsylvania, uh, North Carolina, Arizona, 
And uh, what Robert's seen in his polls, younger voters are coming back around for the president because they don't want to be shut down. Uh, minority voters, we're going to do well better than our 8% among African Americans, and we're going to do better than the 28% we got among Hispanic Americans four years ago. So there's a lot of momentum here, but the president, just like four years ago, he willed the election. He has to will the election with turnout uh, uh, this, this Tuesday. It's always about turnout. You know, this, there is a phenomenon, and every poll is showing this, and it's anywhere between 15 and 40 percent, a dramatic increase in support for President Trump among African Americans, Hispanic Americans. Robert, you're seeing it in every state. I'm looking at your polls and in tabs and, and demographics. Uh, what do you think has happened here? Is this now translating into votes instead of just polls? One of the things that's really neat about it is that it reaffirms the hidden vote because what we saw with this same uh, African-American vote is they were, so many of them were undecided, so many of them were saying third party, so many of them were saying uh, for Biden, but unenthusiastically saying they were for Jorgensen. And then all of a sudden, last week, that all fell away, and they all went straight to the Trump column. And it's the... Whatever the compilation of events was, I mean, it's you know, it was uh, fifty cent, uh, and then we have people saying that they heard Trump at the debate, and they, you know, we we're used to all the stuff Trump says that he's done for the black community. Most of them hadn't heard that because they don't listen to conservative conservative radio, watch conservative TV, and and they tell us we went, they checked, they googled it, and they said it's real, and so all this stuff, all of a sudden. You're not, they're just not shy anymore. And so this is what happens when shy, when shy Trump voters aren't shy anymore. They just move away from all those columns, and there they are. So you really believe that there is this, this shy Trump vote out there. You know, what was it? I think Cato had out. It was in the 60% range. People that will not tell a pollster if they're voting for Donald Trump, especially young people, especially minorities. Why is that, John McLaughlin? Well, because, well, by the way, if you do polls right, you can get the truth out of them. But I don't think the media wants to find the truth. I think they kind of probably, if they, if they, they probably repeat like Biden, where he was saying, you ain't black or something like that, if, you, if you're voting for Trump. But if, you, if you're a good pollster, Robert's finding them. We're finding them. But there's a lot of media pollsters where I don't think they want to look for this. And the thing that we have to watch out for this weekend uh, going into Tuesday's election, they're going to still manufacture polls like they did four years ago where no way Trump can win, he's not going to win, he's, he's behind double digits, etc. They'll do that to suppress our vote because they know a lot of their vote is in there early. They know that Trump is gaining. They're not hitting their marks in Michigan. For example, in Michigan, you've got, of the vote that's been cast so far this year, you've got uh, 2.5 million votes already cast through yesterday, and the Republicans are 32% of that toll. Democrats are 35 It's a, In post-election polls, it was a nine-point Democrat lead. So the segment you led with today, the Democrats are afraid, and, and, and they're sending Biden. To, I mean, there's a silver alert in Michigan. He's going, he's going to be out there. He's going to leave the basement. And he's no, they going said to he's going to leave the basement. They've been sending Barack Obama out to do most of the polling. Let me talk about some states that looked a little tighter than they normally would be, and, and I would argue that a lot of Democrats from New York and elsewhere moved into the Carolinas. They moved to Florida, et cetera, Georgia. Um, 
where it looked like polls were tighter than they normally would be in Georgia or North Carolina or Iowa or um, Arizona. Do you see any trouble for the president, Robert, in any of those four states? Yeah, you know, I really don't. I mean, I, I'm, I'm here in Atlanta, and, 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 and I hear all this noise about uh, the the, the Democrats are, are coming. Hey, they had 30 people come out for uh, the president, uh, of former President Obama. Like, that's a bad barbecue in Atlanta. I mean, nobody does that. There's not enthusiasm. Well, they obviously didn't have the varsity catering it. Absolutely not. And And the fact is, it's just, when you look at the at the way that the campaigns are being run, they're not they're not getting that crossover vote. They're really not doing what they need to do to to bring people that are not traditional Democrats to the table. They maxed out everything they could do in 2018. That was the best game they had, and it, they're not doing it this year in, in Georgia or Florida. You know, I watched something. You know, all these pollsters. This was a blowout until like yesterday. Then you look at the ever-loved Nate Silver over at 538, loved by the mob and the media. He was dead wrong in 2016, and he has 89% chance Joe Biden wins. And I look at this, and then last night we got the caveat. Well, Joe has to win the popular vote by 5% for this model to be true. And why do I sense he has genuine fear in his own prediction models, Robert? Well, um, you know, I don't, I don't presume to speak for Nate Silver. I, I don't think I could figure out how to do it if I did. Um, but these guys are really kind of, you know, as much as they attack me for being out there, they're out there too. I mean, you, you, you got Frank Lutz saying the polling industry is over if they get it wrong. And I think we're going to well, see Well, it won't be over for you two if you both get it right again. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I see a lot of panic. And um, they really don't know what how to how to interpret all this, and I expect that Nate will move very quickly back to. I, I'm just an aggregator of polls. I, I, I'm not really a predictor. I'm only as good as the information the pollsters give me. I think he's going to move back to that line of thinking, and at least talking point, very quickly. Is doom and gloom and dark winter? You know, is it is it the message that you want to close a campaign with, like Joe Biden, John McLaughlin? Well, it's ha- it's better than having to talk about Hunter and his corruption and taking money from the Chinese. So I guess that's his message. Well, right hang now. on, get it right. The Chinese, the uh, Kazakhstan, Ukraine, Russia—you're forgetting a few. But go ahead. Right, right. But the, I was going for the big bucks. <laughs> so, right. but the but he'd rather talk about that. He's a, he's had you know in Iowa today talking about shutting down and you know he, 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 I guess he's going to phase out the ethanol industry the way he's going to phase out oil. But uh, uh, but the reality is. We have a good weekend. We have a good turnout on Tuesday. President Trump will win. We have to have, We have to run like we're behind again. He has to. He ha- he's visiting so many cities, so many states. Before then, we have to do the same thing we did four years ago. You have got to run to get out. But, all right, <laughs> the president. Home. Final three days. Four rallies: Pennsylvania, Saturday, Sunday, Michigan, Iowa, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida. Monday, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Wow. Pretty amazing schedule. I wonder if Joe could keep up with missing all those naps. Uh, thank you both. 800-941-SHAWN if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Important Senate race in North Carolina. We'll check in with Senator Tom Tillis, get an update on that, and much more as we continue. I'm Tom Tillis, and I approve this message. 
All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, four days, you are the ultimate jury. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox. We'll also have a special Sunday night edition, uh, 9 p.m. usual time. The great one, Mark Levin, by the way, will be 7 o'clock Saturday night. I'll give a plug for my buddy Mark. Uh, the Senate holding on to control of the Senate. Very, very tough races out there. Cory Gardner is facing the fight of his life in Colorado. He's got a shot, according to the polls. Uh, Martha McSally in a, in a tough battle against a pretty radical left uh, anti-Second Amendment opponent that has his own ties to China and everything else. Uh, her race in Arizona is very important. Joni Ernst will join us in the next hour. A very important race going on in Iowa that we're paying attention to. Mitch McConnell's up in Kentucky. Uh, Lindsey Graham's had more money thrown at him than any other candidate in the history of the U.S. Senate. All out, you know, from the likes of Barbara Streisand and the likes of, let's see, Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, as if they're going to tell South Carolinians how they're going to vote, which is a joke. You got Purdue in Georgia. You got the race down in Alabama. Uh, all important race. You got John James running a great campaign in Michigan. Uh, I think has a real shot to win. Uh, one of the most important wins will be, though, in the state of North Carolina, one state that will be reporting early on election night. Uh, that race involves Tom Tillis. And a very, well, character-challenged opponent named Cal Cunningham. Uh, Senator, how are you, and how's the state of the race right now? I saw in the recent, most recent poll you were up by two. Uh, I think I'd prefer you up by five. Yeah, Sean, I, I first got to start by telling you you're a good luck charm. It was about six years ago that I was riding between towns in the final days of the campaign. I pulled over to the side so I'd have good cell coverage and did an interview with you, and we won a few days later. So this is a, I'm superstitious, and I'm glad you had me on the show. Look, this, this So race, I just have to wait every six years when you're running. No, I'm kidding. We hear from you whenever, you, whenever we ask you to come on. You come on. Look, North Carolina um, – yeah, this is a sad phenomenon because I live in New York and all these people are racing out of New York because of high taxes, endless bureaucracy, the lack of law and order. Now they cut the New York Police Department by by a billion dollars, you know, total chaos in run by government, no bail laws in New York. And then they move to like the Carolinas or Georgia or Florida or whatever. Californians are moving to Texas. The only problem is I have no problem with people moving. You're what people will welcome you with open arms, but leave your liberal policies and politics in the state that was ruined that you ran from and that's been happening a little bit in the carolinas well that's right and, and you know we've got a candidate though who completely collapsed his foundation when you do ads with your family with your army uniform on and you say it's about truth and honor and then you're untruthful and dishonorable now you're investigated by the army um, this guy has been AWOL for almost a month. He won't even grant an interview. He literally will not even announce where he's going, and he's not going hardly anywhere. He said he wants to talk about the issues. He made this race about truth and honor. He's been untruthful and dishonorable, and he's really unfit to serve in the U.S. Senate. Well, he has gone underground. Apparently, there's been these revelations about his personal life and uh, these varying relationships that he's had, and, and he refuses to answer any questions or just come clean with the people of North Carolina and tell them what's, what's the deal? Well, what he has done is he's admitted that he had an adulterous affair with the wife of a wounded warrior. 
Um, he is a lieutenant colonel in the JAG Corps and the Army Reserve, and now he's under investigation. That's not even disputed. He's admitted to that. Now we have a revelation of another relationship. And these aren't years ago. This is back in July in his own home while his family was away. Uh, people of North Carolina, I think, see through him. They know that they can't trust him. He ran for the state Senate in 2000, broke a no-tax pledge just months later. I ran to be Speaker of the House in 2011. I lived up to a pledge to cut taxes. We can't trust him. He'll be a rubber stamp for Chuck Schumer. He'll vote for the nuclear option. He'll expand the Supreme Court and pack it, and it just gets worse from there. Well, I mean, the, the agenda can't be any more left. I'm looking at, you know, Joe Biden. I mean, a guy that's hidden in his basement for most of the campaign. I mean, he I, I've never I've never witnessed anything like this in my life. Obviously, he's weak and frail. He doesn't have strength, stamina. He doesn't seem to have mental acuity and alertness. I'm trying to be nice here, but I, I've never seen anybody in the middle of a campaign take off half the days in September, take off for five days before you have a debate take off, you know, Wednesday of the week before the election, six days to go before the election, and and now seemingly is forced to go out, has these tiny little baby rallies, and after 15 minutes he's exhausted and has to leave the stage. And then I look at this radical agenda with Bernie Sanders and packing the courts and open borders and amnesty uh, and, you know, adding D.C., Puerto Rico, statehood for Democratic senators. They think that would give them a majority in, a, in perpetuity. And I'm like raising taxes, leftist activist justices, uh, you know, taking down the wall. And I'm like, wow, can, can such a person win? Well, first off, nobody's going to out campaign President Trump. He does more in a day in campaigning than Joe Biden's done in a month. But I tell you, the other thing that people need to understand is Joe Biden's telling everybody under $400,000 he's not going to raise your taxes. You, you, People need to understand they're going to be paying twice what they do right now for gas to fill up their car. They're going to be paying almost twice what they do for utilities every year. They're going to destroy energy sector jobs. They're going to destroy private, or I should say small businesses. That's a tax on the people that can least afford it. And that will happen if Joe Biden wins the presidency. And Chuck Schumer, who incidentally is up for a primary in 2022, if Chuck Schumer doesn't deliver on all these radical leftist policies, who do you think is going to primary him in New York? It's going to be AOC and the squad. Chuck Schumer is going to run the Senate left of AOC. Just think about how damaging that would be to this country. You know, I've had an opportunity to spend time in North Carolina and uh, both in the Winston-Salem area, um, uh, in some of the mountainous areas that you have and, and on the coast. I got to tell you something. North Carolina is a beautiful state. It's growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, this is one of the key important races. If Republicans, if you don't want Chuck Schumer, in North Carolina to be the Senate Majority Leader, you've got to reelect Tom Tillis. I mean, it's really that simple. Yeah, Chuck Schumer has put almost $90 million in this race, 250 already spent. We expect it to be over $260 million when it's done. I was out in the mountains with Ted Cruz earlier this week. I was down on the coast with Mike Pence, Vice President Pence, later in the week. Uh, we've got a beautiful state. We've got a lot of things going for us. When we got the majority, we turned the state around, put it on the map economically, and we cannot afford to go back to the time the Democrats ran the state and Democrats ran Washington. Yeah, well, listen. And we're going to watch your race and follow it very, very closely. If you're in North Carolina, and by the way, this goes down ticket, too. We did lose a good congressman, our friend Mark Meadows, who's now the chief of staff yep. of the president. But that is an important seat to hold. Uh, but the whole state is important. This is a very, very critical Senate seat 
uh, in North Carolina with, with Senator Tom Tillis. Uh, you made a very strong case of why you should be reelected, and uh, we're going to pay very close attention on election night, and North Carolina is critical to the president's election success. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Sean. We're going to work hard, and we're going to save the Senate. All right, appreciate it. Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, one congressional race we're watching is out of the state of New York. I mean, I think, I don't know. Nobody's really predicting that there's a chance that that Republicans can take the House. But you know what? If you're going to go out and vote for Trump, why not vote down ticket and then give the president a House and a Senate that can actually accomplish great things if if they have both the House, the Senate and the White House? That's how you accomplish. That's how you institute major economic foundational change that will benefit our kids and our grandkids. Anyway, a tight race in New York for the fourth congressional district is with Douglas Tuman is with us, and he's running against a, a Democrat, pretty left wing, uh, Kathleen Rice. A very close race, according to the uh, polls, and you could win this race in Long Island, correct? Correct. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me on. I think I have a real shot at doing it. Uh, I've been out there every day talking to the people while Kathleen Rice has been completely absent. She's uh, absent from the community, and people are realizing it. And she's also absent from D.C. She's missed over 160 votes. It's double that of the average congressperson. And, you know, people, they, they, they want strong representation in this district, and they deserve it. You know, this state pays over uh, $26.6 billion more in federal taxes than what we're getting back from D.C., we need strong representation in this district that's going to fight for those funds. And Kathleen Rice just isn't doing the job. You know, it is amazing. And and what percent of the time does she end up voting with uh, Nancy Pelosi's and AOC's and the squad's radical views? She toes the line of the, of the political party. And, uh, you know, that's not what Nassau County wants. They want strong representation. They want somebody that's going to look out for the people. One of the things I'm doing if elected, and I think it's pretty novel, I never ran for office. I'm actually an engineer by day. I'm very an, an analytical-minded guy. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to implement this thing where I'm basically going to text out every issue on the floor of Congress to all my constituents to let them vote directly on the issues. I'm going to use that to help determine how I vote in Congress. It's going to give people a direct voice. Now, I'm ultimately a Republican, a Republican and I have re Republican uh, ideals and philosophies. But I think it's important to give people a direct voice, and I'm going to use that tool to help determine how I legislate in Congress. And people across the board in this district are excited about that idea when I tell it to them, and they wonder why that's not already being done. All right, Douglas, we're wishing you the best. You're running in uh, District 4. What part of Long Island is this? It's basically uh, Nassau County. It's uh, three-quarters of Nassau County. encompasses most of the town of Hempstead. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I know, by the way, you know, I went to Sacred Heart Grammar School on, on Hempstead Turnpike. And I went to St. Okay. Pius the Tenth in Uniondale. You might not have known that. I, I did not. I did oh, not. See, please, I grew up in Franklin your, Square. Uh huh. Please tell your friends and family to vote. Vote for Tuman. Well, I hate to tell you, everybody I knew in the old days are gone. <laughs> They've all had to leave New York because <laughs> of Cuomo and De Blasio. Uh, I'm the only idiot that sticks around and, and gets robbed every year with the high taxes in this state. I'm such an idiot. Anyway, best of luck, so, uh, one Douglas. One last thing, if I could just yeah. tell everybody my number, 516-308-1703. I, like, I want to be the most accessible U.S. representative we ever had. I have people texting me all the time, and I talk to them directly. So you're, you're, you're telling your constituents to call you. That's right. 
Wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. That's, 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 uh, all right, we appreciate it. Right. All right, Douglas, thank you. District 4, Long Island. If you're voting down ballot, these, these races matter. Right, let's grab a quick call before we get to our news roundup and information overload hour. Steve is at the Minnesota rally for the president today where uh, the governor had to you know, step in and try and control the size of the president's speech, You know, literally only allowing 250 people. You know, with this crazy attorney general in your state, Keith Ellison. Uh, how are you, Steve? How's things there? I bet people are pissed. Uh, yes, they are. They're very mad. And I'm one of the 250 people that were allowed at the rally. And it's been super confusing. And, yeah, a lot of people are very angry. We we wish uh, our governor was up for reelection. But let me tell you, there's a lot of good energy here. And there's a lot of women here. So that, that defeats the narrative of... Uh, uh, women not getting support, or Trump not getting support from women. So, Well, there are a lot it's, of it's people awesome. like waiting outside and on the roads leading up to it that were shut out because of the governor? Yeah, they, they do have a overflow, but it's it's not that good. It's like it goes downhill, and it's it's not very good. But there's a lot of people. Yeah, probably some don't know that they can't even get in now because of what the governor did here. Listen, what the governor's doing is a desperate attempt to just tamp down the enthusiasm for President Trump. Uh, that you were expected to have 35,000 people there. According to uh, Robert Cahaley, it's a much closer race in Minnesota than anybody knows. If that was one of the big surprises of 2016. And I think with yeah. all that's happened in Minnesota, and we, we watch what happened with law enforcement and de- defunding of the police, and uh, then, of course, the council members got their own private security that taxpayers paid for. There's a lot of anger there. Uh, All right, Steve, have fun at the rally, my friend. Glad you're out there. Stay warm. It's cold up there. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, We'll take a break. We're going to investigate what do we have to watch for in terms of the left and how they might commit voter fraud. We'll get into that much more straight ahead as we continue. Next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about the the issues that concern us as it relates to voter fraud and Hillary Clinton. Don't ever concede the election, and 43% of Biden supporters in a poll will never accept the results. Donald Trump wins the election, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then this whole idea that voter fraud is a myth. Now, we've given you a lot of studies. We've told you about, you know, the many instances where people have been convicted for voter fraud. We've already had incidents this this election season as well. You know, ballots in a dumpster, uh, in a garbage bin. All Trump voters, by the way, I'm sure just an accident. Uh, Listen to the Democrats. They want to change the election laws in the hours and minutes and days leading into the election. Now, the time to do that is after an election. And it should be done uh, a, a fair way that we guarantee a free and fair election where everybody, everybody's single vote is verified and counted. To get into a DNC convention, I need a photo ID. Wow. Sean Hannity, how are you? We need your photo ID, please, to let you in. Anyway, Democrats, though, they'll just lie to you and tell you, oh, no, everything's, everything's going to be fine. The president, as you know, has made a number of un- un- unsubstantiated claims of mail-in voter fraud. And so there's hey, no evidence the way, of widespread voter fraud, though. But there is no discernible increase in voter fraud because of mail 
Voter fraud is a myth that is perpetuated by Donald Trump. When it comes to mail-in voting, and they have found that there is no fraud. First off, voter fraud in general is minuscule. It is statistically, uh, statistically insignificant. Uh, there's been study after study uh, that just lays claim to no evidence whatsoever that there's widespread voter fraud. Lobbing lies, frankly, about voter fraud and screaming a new conspiracy theory about voter fraud and manufactured evidence of fraud to suppress Democratic votes before Election Day. Voter fraud, election fraud, it isn't really a thing. And the only one committing it again in plain sight is Donald Trump. Oh, OK. Voter. What did Donald Trump do? Nothing. Is there voter fraud? Eric Eggers is with us. He's the director of research at the GAI, wrote the book Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election. He wrote he just recently wrote a piece for Breitbart.com that got my attention in the final days of this campaign. President Trump is repeating his warnings about the possibility of election fraud amidst unprecedented increase in mail in ballots. While many in the news media repeat the claim, there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud. A new report suggests even a relatively small amount of fraud would be enough to swing an election. Uh, and he goes through very specific states like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Minnesota and Michigan and Florida. Uh, Eric, uh, how uh, widespread is it? Are they telling us the truth that we have nothing to worry about? Well, the reality, Sean, is it doesn't have to be widespread at all to make an impact on the election. You know, I'm old enough to remember a presidential election this century that was decided by 537 votes in Florida, where I live. Uh, we've seen a number of states, including Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania that were decided by just tens of thousands of votes, and they're projected to be even closer this year. Uh, sadly, all those states have system- demonstrated systemic vulnerabilities and histories of voter fraud. So I think everyone's right to be very concerned. Okay, what? how is it being done? Where do we have to watch? You know, we had Biden bragging at 600 law- lawyers spread out all around the country. Republicans have put together poll watchers, and I assume that they have their team of lawyers. I have asked about it, and I was told that, yes, they're prepared uh, for any legal challenge, should there be any shenanigans that show up in any of these states. Uh, But what specifically, what are the methods by which they would do it? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, remember this, Sean. You know, you mentioned Pennsylvania and how concerned I think we all should be about what happens in Pennsylvania. Well, four years ago, Pennsylvania's Secretary of State actually resigned. Um, it turned out he, wasn't, he didn't even resign. He was actually fired because he presided over a quote-unquote glitch that allowed illegal immigrants to vote in the election. Um, in Florida, the practice of targeting senior citizens and helping them manipulate their absentee ballots has its own term. It's called granny farming. So when these states like this see massive increases, potentially a doubling or tripling of the amount of mail-in ballots, which, by the way, even the New York Times has said that mail-in ballots are by far the easiest form of voting to manipulate and the most susceptible form of voting uh, to fraud. So when you see increases in this form of voting, uh, of course it stands to reason that we're likely to see an increase in the amount of fraud. And don't forget this. Right? Think about what we've seen in terms of the looting and the rioting that's happened in all these states, right? Wisconsin, Minnesota, Pennsylvania. So if people are willing to blatantly disregard property laws, why do we feel like it's a stretch of the imagination to think that they're willing to disregard election laws, which are even less enforced? If you look at Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan in 2016, Donald Trump won by 78,000 votes. Those three states. That's how close it was. That's why you're right. You only need would need a small amount of it. 
The problem I have, and, and I think there's got to be a system of verification better than what we currently have, that you got to verify you're the person, you, you're doing the voting. All right. The problem is, is once you put it in the mailbox, you don't know who's going to be touching that ballot that you have, right? So now you, you know, you're, you're, you're sending it in, and, and how many people's hands will that pass through before it ultimately gets to the ballot place? It's such a good point. You know, in Patterson, New Jersey, uh, we saw the example of people, you know, New Jersey conducted their first ever all-male election. And then a few months later, we saw people convicted for literally stealing ballots out of mailboxes. And they weren't just stealing ballots out of mailboxes because, you know, to to manipulate the vote tallies. They were creating a database of signatures based on the signatures on those ballots and envelopes to be able to continue to perpetuate the fraud. Um, You mentioned having to show ID uh, and the lack of verification. Minnesota is one of those states that allows same-day registration and and voting. And then, you know, subsequent efforts, and I learned this was actually in a panel uh, with the former Secretary of State of Minnesota, subsequent efforts to verify and validate the people that registered to vote on the same day they find thousands of people that turns out they provided incorrect or fraudulent information. So you're right. We, we need, definitely need to have a hard conversation about the lack of systems in place to help us verify that every legal vote gets counted because it just doesn't happen this, uh, in this country. I, and I think, by the way, do poll watchers really get to watch the polls when those ballots finally arrive before they count them? Are there people on both sides, Republicans and Democrats, that get to stay with them 24-7? Well, if we're watching the, the polls and we're watching the ballots, then how did more ballots get uh, discarded, 23,000 in Wisconsin's April primary? I mean, that's more votes that were counted than the actual margin of victory in Wisconsin in 2016, right? And so I think, and that's just the primary volume of mail-in balloting. Who knows what we're going to see? We know it's going to be much bigger. Uh, it's going to be a lot sloppier. And so I think, uh, you know, thank goodness we do have as many poll watchers as we do and lawyers there to try to, I mean, the point is we all need eyes on every step of the process along the way. Yeah, we definitely do. All right, Eric Eggers, Director of Research, GAI. He wrote the book Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election. Uh, If you care about it, pay attention to it. Anyway, thank you. 800-941-SHAWN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, let's get to a phone call. In the meantime, Matt in the important swing state of Ohio, which we desperately need in four days. Matt, how are you? Glad you called. Thank you for what you do there, great American. Uh, Thank you for helping me do it. I couldn't do it without you. I appreciate everything you're doing. If I can just say, because I know Trump listens, President Trump, we appreciate everything you're doing, despite what the media is saying about you. Um, well, John, I'm sure, listen, he knows. Trump. Look at the size of these crowds. He's hearing us loud and clear, and I think it's giving him a lot of energy. Can you imagine 14 rallies in the last three days? Unbelievable. Well, let not your heart be troubled. We've had two gigantic, or if I can use one of Trump's words, huge rallies. Uh, Trump parades around 275, for those of you that aren't from the Cincinnati area, 275 is our beltway that goes all the way around Cincinnati. We've had between 16 and 20,000 cars in both of our rallies, September 12th and October 24th. We just had one this past weekend. And those have actually branched off to Columbus, Ohio, and Cleveland, Ohio parades, too. So we, I've, I've seen everything from Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Illinois, and Tennessee plates with Trump parade uh, banners and just all kinds of excitement. So the enthusiasm for Trump here is awesome. This past parade we just had last Saturday, I, I was I, just little old me with my Facebook Live. I had twenty thousand views, and and I, in the middle of my video, 
there's a helicopter coming. I'm like, oh, this is news. They're gonna, the news is going to cover us. And I got to looking, and it says Trump Pence 2020 on the belly of the helicopter. There were two got, different helicopters with – go ahead. I know. I, I got to tell you, I'm loving the fact that, that your story just echoes what's going on all around the country. And that is that in spite of a corrupt media, in spite of corrupt big tech companies, in spite of a corrupt Democratic Party that has spent every minute of every second of every day trying to destroy this president and 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 convince you that he needs to be removed in spite of all of that weak Republican establishment types and others, the people, they see the truth. They're not going to be influenced by these people anymore. That's a powerful moment for this country if this comes to fruition. I got to run, though. Thank you so much. 800-941-SEAN. When we come back, Senator Joni Ernst, she's in a tough re-election matchup in Iowa. That's also an important win state for President Trump. Uh, We'll check out what's going on on the ground there. I did miss the Iowa Fair this year. Uh, We'll get to that. We'll get to your calls, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the uh, program. And then, all right, joining us now is Senator Joni Ernst, up for re-election in the very important state of uh, Iowa, important to uh, the Senate and keeping Chuck Schumer out of power, important to the president uh, in terms of his path towards 270 electoral votes. Senator, welcome back to the program. Hey, Sean, I am doing great. I'm traveling through the great state of Iowa right now, connecting with voters. You know what I missed this year, this year and I always like to go to, is the Iowa State Fair. I, I, no, I never thought too. I'd enjoy a frozen Twinkie or Oreo in my life, but man, they're so good. And, and those pork chops that are <laughs> fried, wow. Yes, any type of food. If you want it on a stick, you can find it at the Iowa State Fair. We <laughs> That's really, the greatest we really, thing ever. <laughs> we really oh, missed it this year. I, I literally go and I don't eat for two days, and then I just gorge myself on on pork chops on a stick, and fried <laughs> Twinkies and fried Oreos, yeah. and f- they fry everything. It's incredible, and it all yeah, tastes great. <laughs> so we save up our calories for that ten days <laughs> that we have the Iowa State. It's fair. such a cool fair. It really is. It is. It's the best in the nation. How's the uh, campaign going? Uh, nothing is easy when you're running for re-election. Uh, right now, I saw you have a a lead of, what, two and a half points. And uh, I know you'd like it to be higher. It's always, you know, Iowa can always be a tough state for anybody. Um, how do you see it going down? Well, Iowa is a tough state, Sean. And so I would remind everybody, hey, if you want to help me fight, it's JoniErnst.com. And, you know, I try not to pay attention to the polls because we always seem to be within the margin of error. But what I'm feeling as I'm getting out into the communities all across the state of Iowa is a huge, huge level of energy and enthusiasm for keeping our uh, keeping our uh, Senate red. Of course, Iowa is a pathway. If Chuck Schumer, you know, pursues it, Iowa is the pathway here to a Democratic majority in the Senate. We can't allow that. And people are fired up about it. Uh, they they don't want that liberal influence here in the state of Iowa with my opponent, Teresa Greenfield. Hey, Senator. So we're, uh, we're, yeah, I mean, yeah, Chuck, Schumer said, Chuck Schumer said it. Everything's on the table. They're going to pack the yeah. Supreme Court. They're going to end the legislative filibuster. They're going to add D.C. statehood, Puerto Rico statehood. Uh, then they're going to allow 15 million people that didn't respect our laws, our sovereignty and borders in that means 15 million more people, free health care, 15 million more people competing for important jobs that we that are now getting back online post the uh, 
the pandemic, now that we're on the verge of this vaccine and new therapeutics. And uh, that is going to that will be the biggest power grab in 150 years, Senator. Yes, it will. And that's what we are emphasizing to Iowa voters um, as we're out on the out on the road here is that the liberals, um, they're they're not the Democratic Party of yesteryear. This is a Democratic Party that wants to radically and fundamentally change who we are as the United States of America. And folks, we're going to deny them that opportunity. And so again, you know, we're we're fighting to the finish here in the state of Iowa. We are not going to let Chuck Schumer become the next uh, majority leader in the United States Senate. Um, absolutely, we have to draw that red line in the sand. And that's exactly what I'm doing as I'm out on the trail. We had Tom Tillis on earlier. Uh, Martha McSally's race is very important. Uh, we all know Cory Gardner has an uphill fight in Colorado. You got Mitch McConnell's seat. Uh, as I mentioned, Tom Tillis, you got the seat open and uh, hopefully we get a win in Alabama. John James is a rock star. Hopefully he can oh, win Michigan. Star. Uh, yeah. yeah, total ride. We got Purdue in Georgia, Lindsey Graham. They, mm-hmm. They've thrown, mm-hmm. you know, $100 million to defeat Lindsey in South Carolina, if you can believe it. Um, yes, anyway, Senator, this, if people want to get in touch with your campaign, how do they do yes, it? They do it through JoniErnst.com. JoniErnst.com. J-O-N-I-E-R-N-S-T. Keep Schumer out of Iowa. That's my advice. Yes. And. God and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even invite him to the Iowa State Fair. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Thank you, <laughs> Senator. Appreciate it. Four days, everybody. This election matters. Matters for the president, the Senate, the House. It's all on the line. All right. Glad you're with us. 25 to the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this extravaganza, let me just uh, play for you. Now, some of the things are at stake. What do we say? Law and order is at stake. Amnesty is at stake. Eliminating fossil fuels is at stake. Packing the courts. Ending the legislative filibuster. Statehood for D.C. and elsewhere. So you get a Senate majority in perpetuity. All of this on the table as they they throw their temper tantrums. So there's a lot of important races uh, in terms of the Senate, which we've been going over, and also important races as it relates to the House of Representatives. Is there a chance Republicans could take back the House? Well, assuming that Donald Trump can win this election and he does win the election, uh, everybody that votes for him, if they voted Republican for if you have a Senate race and for your congressional candidate, yeah, it would happen. You know, listen to Biden in his own words. Listen to Ocasio-Cortez in her own words, what their plans are to destroy the lifeblood of the world's economy. Would he close down the oil industry? Would you close down the oil industry? By the way, I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I would transition. That is a big statement. That's a because I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. I see. Here's the deal. But that's a big statement. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time, over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry. I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. He won't give federal subsidies to the to the gas. Excuse me, to the to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do All give right. it to solar and wind. We and that's maybe the biggest question. statement in terms of business. That's the biggest statement. Okay. Because basically, what he's saying question, is he is Mr. going President. to destroy the oil industry. Will you remember that Texas? Will you okay. remember that Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Well, you know when he says. Um, 
when we're eliminating subsidies, you know, I think that that is frankly uh, an important first step. And the fact of the matter is, is that if you do believe in markets, solar and renewable energies are growing less and less expensive by the day. And in many areas, uh, they are starting to become less expensive than fossil fuels. So when you eliminate government subsidies, um, they, it becomes more difficult for uh, fossil fuels to compete in the market. All right. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. Is there a chance Republicans can also grab the House? Uh, considering Democrats are telegraphing what would be the biggest uh, power grab in 150 years that would basically render uh, opportunities for Republicans to get back in control of the Senate or the House or the White House impossible. This is what this is all about. That's what packing the court is all about. That's what uh, adding uh, senators, that's what D.C. statehood and, and elsewhere is all about. That's what amnesty is all about. It's about, oh, give something of great value in the hopes that, what, you're going to reelect us, right? Anyway, Steve Scalise is with us to give us a quick uh, update on the state of the House races. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, Sean. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? Well, I'll tell you what, I've been on the road a lot, especially a lot of swing states where we're campaigning in swing congressional districts, uh, especially in those states like uh, Florida, like Pennsylvania, like Minnesota, like Iowa. And the energy level for President Trump, like you've seen, is just off the charts. People are fired up. Uh, they know what this president's already done. They know this is the only person who can get our economy back again. And then they watch Joe Biden go every single issue on both sides of his mouth. He's, he's not going to raise taxes, but he's going to raise taxes. He's not for the Green New Deal, but he's for the Green New Deal. He's not for ending fracking, except that he's going to end fracking. He's not going to defund police but yet he's going to redirect money away from police. People are seeing this. And in states like Pennsylvania especially, uh, they know that he has said he's going to ban fracking. President Trump rolled the tape when, she, when Biden challenged him to do it. And look, our path to winning the House back goes the same direction as Donald Trump's path to the White House. And when you look at the early voting, the energy on the ground in these swing states, I think President Trump uh, can actually win Scranton, Pennsylvania. I was in Scranton just a few days ago. And a lot of energy there uh, for President Trump as well. And so you see it at the rallies. You see it everywhere you go. And it's real, just like four years ago. Well, I think it's real, too. Uh, How do you see and how do you interpret the early voting Democrats apparently in a panic mode? Because in states like Florida, especially Miami-Dade, and states now like North Carolina, Nevada, and Georgia and elsewhere, uh, early voting, while they thought they had a huge early voting advantage, that is now, tra- you know, what has transpired since day one is Republicans have made major strides catching up and usually win day of voting. Right. I was in Florida two days ago. Uh, just like you said, a lot of Republicans voting uh, down in Miami. Uh, you got the, you know, such a large Cuban population that fled socialism. They're scared to death of what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris would do to try to bring socialism to America when they left and were run out of their country uh, because of socialism. Uh, you look in Pennsylvania, where right now you have, I think, a net of 100,000 more registered Republicans today than you did four years ago, and a lot of strong early voting amongst Republicans. Both sides are voting. I mean, we, we know it's going to be high turnout, uh, but just like two years ago where you had a lot of Democrat turnout, there were a lot of Trump voters who didn't show up two years ago because Trump wasn't on the ballot. They're showing up right now, Sean, uh, and They're showing up at the rallies. They're showing up for early voting, and they're going to be showing up on Election Day as well. I was in Minnesota. Uh, I think for the first time since 1972, uh, you can see a Republican win Minnesota. Reagan, that's the only state Reagan didn't win. And there's just tremendous energy for President Trump. 
Uh, and what he did, they watched their cities get burned down, and they're angry about it. Uh, and uh, they know uh, they know what's at stake when they talk about defunding police. And even, again, when Joe Biden tries to play both sides of it, he's on video saying he would reach away from police. Sean, that's the same thing as defunding police. People know that. They think they can fool people by saying, oh, you know, look at oil. I mean, he said at the debate, and Trump called him out on it, uh, that he, he'll, he's going to ultimately get rid of oil, too. I mean, where are they going to get energy from? Our, our whole country would look like California right now, where they have rolling black. Oh, I think that's the. I, I think it would look worse than that. Much worse than that. All right, Congressman yeah. Steve Scalise, thanks for checking in. The House Republican whip, all of this now in your hands. You are the ultimate jury. You could not have a bigger choice election that we're laying out before you. The stakes could not be any higher. I don't know how else to say it. And I'm, I, it is every single stated policy of this radical new Democratic Socialist Party ought to scare the hell out of every American that believes in liberty and freedom and constitutional government and capitalism and risk reward and innovation and invention. And that doesn't believe in redistribution, doesn't buy into this this radical environmentalism, which would spend trillions of dollars, does not believe these phony government promises that they'll create which no government has ever been able to do, a cradle-to-grave, womb-to-the-tomb uh, socialist economy that would actually work. It never works. Never. Never will work. It's impossible. And all it will do is destroy wealth creation, destroy manufacturing. It'll destroy the ability of anybody to do any real business in this country. And then people will do what they've been doing in California, New York, New Jersey, and Illinois. They're going to leave. Not just leave the state, they're going to leave the country and they'll go to a country that is has a friendly business environment so they can actually function and do their jobs and create goods and services that we all want, need, and desire. The same government that's promising you free, free, free everything is the same government that can't even maintain simple law and order and safety and security in their cities. The same people that have destroyed our educational system because of their political unholy alliance with these radical teachers unions. The same people that promised Obamacare, keep your doctor plan and save money. The same people that said, we have your Social Security dollars in a lockbox. The same people that said, oh, Medicare will be there for you. Now, they're all headed towards bankruptcy, except they won't tell you the truth. All right, important states on our board. Tom in Pennsylvania. Tom, hi, how are you? Glad you called. Welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. Sean, thanks for having me on. Uh, The reason I called, there are two things that give me hope that Pennsylvania will uh, get out and vote for Trump. It's just like the last time the rural areas will uh, carry the vote. There are people that uh, voted for Trump in 2016 and will be back out there. There are also some new ones, Sean, uh, that it's hard for me to believe. There are many different Amish communities throughout western Pennsylvania, and with my job, I I interacted with many. This is the first time I've ever seen him become involved with politics on on social media. It's so funny you say that. It's so funny you bring this up because I got a call yesterday from somebody that spoke to uh, a leader in one of the Amish communities in Pennsylvania. And they and, and the message was being sent to the president that they are all in for Donald Trump. And I think a lot of it has to do with religious freedom that Donald Trump, no president in, in modern history has done more for religious freedom or more for Israel or more for working men and women than Donald Trump. 
or yeah. minorities. And that's just a fact based on his record. Yes, and, and that in the Second Amendment, because these guys, you know, all the Amish go out, they hunt for food. Mm-hmm. And they don't want their guns taken away from them. You know, I, it's funny. Uh, I, I, You know, everybody, um, you know, I know we give lip service to freedom of religion. I find people of different faiths or cultures or I find it fascinating. I, I actually like to study comparative religions. Everything that I've read about the, the Amish and the community in which they live is amazes me. And they have sure. they, they've kind of cordoned themselves off from modern technologies in some ways. But in another way, I'm thinking they're probably a hell of a lot smarter than we are. They're not married to their their electronics all day long and and they help each other and they help build homes and and barns and and they're a community that serves each other it's pretty impressive well there a lot of them are businessmen and uh they do have cell phones but the bishop no, i didn't mean so you know what i mean it's just they're not like for example yeah. still many have the horse and buggy for example well well yeah, absolutely and, which and by I the way is pretty cool my... to see i think it you know it's, it kind of brings us back to a more innocent time in, in america right and they are great people. Yeah, they are really great people. Uh, I contacted the our county uh, Republican committee, and they've registered over two thousand new Republican voters. And many they didn't have an exact amount, but they said many of them are Amish. And uh, I'm also a member of the Teamsters Union. And I just wanted to tell you that even though the Teamster leadership wants us to vote for Biden, I would say that seventy percent of us are going to go Trump. To thirty percent Biden, and uh, it's be. And I talk to retirees and myself. I've worked over forty years, uh, twelve hours a day. My wife's a nurse; she works twelve hours a day, and we're concerned about them bringing in the the illegals and taking our social security and in, in, in the benefits that we've worked for all our life. And, and uh, a lot of these teamsters are are uh, uh, sportsmen, and they're afraid of the Second Amendment being taken away. And Listen, working men and women are moving towards Donald Trump. Let, let me sum this up for you. With Joe Biden's promise of 15 million people that didn't respect our laws, borders, and sovereignty, do you understand that's 15 million people that will now be competing with other Americans for jobs? Now, he gives them amnesty. Now, what does that mean? Now, we have more people competing for the jobs that are coming back online that are available which means what wages will be lower because employers will have, you know, the opportunity of more employees that they can possibly hire. And it's simple, simple math. And this is why Donald Trump, when he stopped the migrant caravans and all of this, that would have been more competition. That's how we set record low unemployment for every demographic in the country. Now, the president said merit based immigration like Australia, like New Zealand. Yeah, and we do background checks. I think that's important. You can have a door, but we have to have rules, and people have to follow them. And, you know, simple equation. Anyway, thanks, Tom. Uh, appreciate it. Counting on you four days from now, Pennsylvania. Man, It's I, so much is riding on Pennsylvania. So much. And that's going to wrap things up for today. When we get back on Monday, guess what? One day before you're the ultimate jury, everything's on the line. Uh, we hope you'll join us. We hope you have a restful weekend. Hannity tonight and a special Sunday edition, 9 Eastern. Uh, but for tonight, set your DVR, 9 Eastern, Hannity. We have pollster Robert Cahalli from the Trafalgar Group. We have Ari Fleischer, Ron DeSantis, Dan Bongino, Mercedes Schlapp, Reince Priebus. 
Uh, Joe Concha, Tammy Bruce, Candace Owens. 9 Eastern, Hannity, set your DVR, Fox News, special Sunday edition, 9 Eastern. Have a great weekend. It's game time. Hope you're ready. Have a great weekend.